Welcome to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Hi, this is Lois Bowers, editor of McKnight Senior Living, welcoming you to a Newsmakers Podcast. It's no secret that recruiting and retaining employees is the senior living industry's number one challenge, and part of that challenge is planning for the next generation of leaders. With me today is Douglas Olson, the new president and CEO of the new Vision Center, which will work to tackle that issue. Thanks for joining me, Doug. Oh, it's my pleasure, Lois. So the Vision Center is a relatively new 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, For those who may not be familiar with it, can you explain a little about the organization, its background, and what it plans to do? Sure. Let me just start with... One of the basic premises of the Vision Center is always to remember front and center why we're doing the work we're doing. And part of that is to make sure that the seniors of this country deserve the very best care and services possible. And one of the ways to help ensure that is to make sure that we have the very best leaders guiding the organizations that are doing that. So at the front end, you know, we know that one of the gaps that we're trying to focus on in this whole workforce shortage area is all around the leadership needs of the field, which the supply of leaders in the field today is certainly a challenge for providers and organizations across the country. And we also know the landscape of universities that provide training for senior living leadership is also not what we would hope it could be for this field. So the Vision Center at its core is all about finding a way to get passionate new students and mid-career students interested in this field and having the availability of training programs at universities or other creative ways to make sure that they can get into the field and provide that leadership depth and talent we need to help organizations. The mission of the Vision Center is all about providing a bridge between universities and providers to make sure that they're working well together because we believe that's one of the secret sauces of providing an exceptional experience. So we're lucky. We're very fortunate right now. It is a new center. We have a great group of volunteer leaders that have started with this movement a number of years ago. And we've actually had a number of those volunteers step forward and are now now serving as a great new group of trustees guiding our effort. I feel privileged to be appointed as the CEO and president, but I also would be remiss if I didn't share the fact that there's been a whole bunch of really talented, smart people interested in what we're doing. I'm just really pleased with the initial start and our initial progress, which is kind of really building on some stuff that kind of started some years ago. Mm -hmm. What was the impetus for the um, organization? How did it first start? So the organization first started, well, quite a ways back, actually, because I've been at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire for about 22 years, and I'm I'm sad to be kind of departing that role. Uh, I feel really good because we have a really competent group of people that will continue leading the charge at UW-Eau Claire and that program will continue to be strong. But I've always felt like there was never enough programs in senior living leadership when I landed at Eau Claire because we always found ourselves going to different things with our students where there weren't that many other students there. 
And so we initially started doing some things with trying programs that would help encourage and support like the National Emerging Leadership Summit and helping with a mentoring program because we felt like that was instrumental, a student poster session. We felt like all those things would really kind of encourage that. And those were good efforts, but it really kind of led me to the fact that this sabbatical I took in 2017 and 2018 that was supported by the UW system, UW-Eau Claire and the NAB Foundation and others, really was all about taking a year to kind of step back and provide kind of some impetus and framework around what we needed to do to change the landscape of senior living leadership programs at universities. And, you know, we worked uh, at really getting feedback from providers, feedback from students, feedback from universities. We pulled together a great expert group. Uh, and we ended up coming up with kind of some building blocks. Uh, and there's a paper you can reference at some point with uh, that framework. But it was all about the importance of field experiences, the importance of partnerships, you know, kind of the importance of the image of the field being kind of looked at differently. And also, how could we expand programs and shine light on programs across the country? Uh, you know, we also had elements of kind of really we had to kind of dig deeper to find out what kind of what was the current state of the field and, you know, what's the supply and demand. And there's other elements of that entire effort that have kind of slowly transitioned to some of the goals and efforts of the new center. Uh, we also put together a symposium. It was called Vision 2025. And it was this kind of unique uh effort focused on bringing together universities, providers, and associations to talk about this issue and kind of work together. You know, those three unique groups don't normally travel together. Uh, and so having universities and providers and associations together in the same kind of venue was really kind of a eye-opening experience and really helped kind of think even more clearly about what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned the NAB Foundation, and I understand that that's one of the endorsing organizations. Could you talk a little bit about some of the other organizations in the industry that are involved? Sure, I can. Uh, I, we have uh, we're blessed because, and I'm super appreciative of this too, because we have eight endorsing organizations that are uh, organizations that have, you know, a great influence on the field have a lot of great provider members. One of the things with this is we knew at the very beginning that this problem was not going to be solved by universities alone, providers alone, or associations alone, that it really kind of takes a village to kind of solve this problem. And so we were blessed. The NAB Foundation, the American College of Healthcare Administrators, the American Healthcare Association, National Center for Assisted Living, Argentum, Leading Age, the National Investment Center, the American Senior Housing Association, and Argentum, and now the American Home Care Association, you know, are all kind of stepping forward because they see the value of coming together to solve a problem that is really everybody's problem. And uh, I think having an effort like the Vision Center focused on it really helps them support their members and their association's interests in a kind of concerted effort. All of the associations are interested in this topic and do some really great things around this topic. 
that actually I will probably with the guidance of the trustees and the advisory council will shine light on some of those important efforts. But all eight of those endorsing organizations, and they're all on our website. And mm -hmm. I don't think I missed anybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I did. I don't. Think I don't I think so. You know, and all, a lot of those organizations, you know, have uh, different and unique ways to work with the center. You know, we're trying not to do a cookie cutter approach with any of those relationships because they all have a little different agendas around leadership development and university growth. And I think that one of the things that's great for the center is to kind of share some of those best practices among each other. And it's really a nice place for them to work together. Uh, I don't perceive them as being competitive with each other, but supportive of each other when they work on this particular effort. Mm -hmm. And we've had great, great commitment from those organizations, not only from a standpoint of sharing what they're doing, but, you know, allowing access to some of their members and kind of stepping forward and serving on the advisory council and also uh, some financial support. So all of that's been just super appreciated. And I, you know, I think that they all believe that this is something that will help change the entire landscape and image of the field. Let's take a step back for a second. You had mentioned your time at the university. Could you talk a little bit more about your background? When people ask me that question, I always start with uh, giving some recognition to my mom because she was a nurse in a nursing home. And uh, she actually was kind of one of my kind of inspirations for some of what I do in my career. But I worked as a nursing assistant for six years. And I tell people that because it really helps ground me in some ways, too, because you know, leaders have to work well with staff. And I know firsthand how important that is. And I, you know, even as, you know, an administrative intern myself, I, you know, quickly recognized the leadership impact across the community and the culture and how it works. So I did that for six years. I did my, uh, actually, I did my bachelor's degree in healthcare administration at the university I'm working at now, or soon to be Professor Maritai. Uh, but then I went on and got my MBA. I worked for a uh, Lutheran-affiliated nonprofit in Minnesota as an administrator and ended up as a campus community administrator for a number of years. And that was a great experience. I mean, it was uh, we had both residential and home and community-based services. Uh, it was a wonderful experience. I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, it wasn't exactly the easiest decision to leave that to go on for my PhD, but I felt like at the time it was something that might open some additional doors. And so I went back and did my PhD at the University of Minnesota after an MBA. That was a great experience. I learned a lot. I actually, my dissertation was focused on the impact of leaders on employee satisfaction. So once again, kind of took me back to that kind of core belief that, you know, good leaders really can drive a lot of positive things. But, you know, I ended up Back at University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, I've been there for a couple decades. It was, uh, you know, a great uh, cornerstone of my career. I, once again, tough decision to leave, uh, but just felt like this was the next chapter. I was thrilled to have those kind of cornerstone experiences to kind of help move me to this place. I know I'll continue to grow and learn in this new role, but I also feel very blessed to be able to have the opportunity to do something like this going forward. 
Now, I know the Vision Center aims to create 25 university and college programs to prepare future generations of leaders for aging adult service organizations. And from those programs, it also aims to facilitate 1,000 paid internships in the field by 2025. Um, Can you describe how those numbers were arrived at and why the programs and internships are so important and how the Vision Center plans to accomplish those goals? So one of the things that's a foundational goal and hasn't changed in two or three years even has been this whole kind of, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we have at least 25 strong, sustainable academic programs across the country. And I say across the country because one of the efforts of the Vision Center is to be geogra- make sure that universities are geographically spread. Uh, even in this day and age of uh, online education, you know, a lot of students will, you know, they still get attracted to the universities that are within their geography and some will leave and come back. But we really felt like it was important not only for providers, but kind of the demographics of our country to have a good presence and footprint across the country. The 25, some people will say, well, that's one in every other state. Is that how you came up with it? Well, maybe a little bit. Uh, one could make an argument that Maybe there should be 50 strong programs across across the country. What we have right now, when we first started, we had about 20 universities that were really interested and engaged with what we were doing. And over the last couple of symposiums, because we've had now, this will be one, two, three, four uh, symposiums, uh, we've moved from 20 to 40 to 60. There's a directory coming out. And we are actually at this place where we have 60 universities that will probably be recognized in this directory. And uh, when I say that, I also say that with an understanding that some of those programs are further developed than others. Uh, I believe that we have probably universities in the categories of uh, aspiring, promising, and devout programs. They're all at different stages across uh, their growth and development. I mean, one of the critical pieces of a strong program is to have enough students. uh, And our directory talks about, you know, what is your student base? You know, what is your field experience look like? You know, what does your curriculum look like? Uh, Give us a description of what your program's like. How are you engaged with the field? So it's one of those things that those numbers of 25, uh, you know, I would love to three or four or five years from now have 50, but we've, we set a mark at the very beginning and it was a good mark. And uh, we also have this other thing that you alluded to around a thousand field experiences. And I would emphasize a thousand paid field experiences. Uh, we, the pandemic and the labor supply of today certainly has reinforced and emphasized the importance of to get good talent, you have to really do exceptional things to get good talent. And one of the exceptional things that we've kind of moved the bar on has been that to get someone to do a thousand hours or 2000 hours, you have to have some compensation for them to do that. If you, if you want to get the best talent, because we're not just competing with healthcare. Now we're competing with all different kinds of services, organizations across the country. And so there's no question that, uh, that paid field experience, and I really believe in my heart that that is the, one of the secret sauces of a really strong program. 
Uh, there aren't many programs that students can go through and come away with when they graduate. By the way, I've also got a year of field experience under my belt. And I'll tell you, that is very, very important when someone wants to get a job. Every student that we graduate is got a job looking at them and, you know, and a fairly reasonably good salary, too. That's not why you do it, because you really, most of the students today want to do this to make a difference for people. Uh, but it doesn't hurt that they get jobs right away and they get paid really pretty well. You know, it's a demanding field. Uh, they should get paid well. We also, with the Vision Center, you asked about how we're going to do some of this. Well, I always describe that we have to have root resources tools and time to assist and support universities and providers in this effort. And so moving forward, uh, and I've just been on board for a few weeks now, so uh, bear with me just a little bit, but I, you know, the things that we want to be able to do is uh, be able to provide the resources and support for universities and, and providers that want to kind of advance their effort. You know, I perceive that without those kind of connections, without those kind of efforts, that, you know, it, it'll be more difficult, not impossible, but more difficult for programs to be successful. And I think, you know, some of those resources aren't even within the Vision Center. There's other resources that we can make available that are, you know, put together by other organizations that we'll just promote and make sure that we have those resources available. Our goal is to provide, you know, we have a website. It's at visioncenter.org uh, but our goal with that website will also start to populate that with some of the resources and tools that people can use to kind of advance kind of their efforts around this so you know there's been a lot going on it's been uh, it's been a it's been it's been a fun interesting start <laughs> You mentioned a directory, and I know you have some other big announcements coming up. Um, can you mention what you'll be announcing soon and when you think that will be? Sure. Uh, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver, but what <laughs> I would say is that right now, uh, to be completely candid, right now we're working on building the foundation and the infrastructure and the funding to make sure that we have a good approach to delivering on what we are going to be advancing as a strategic plan. We had a meeting in August with the board of trustees to kind of start to prioritize and make sure that the first quarter, second quarter, what we're going to be able to accomplish. Uh, you know, we have, I would say that most of the stuff that we'll be advancing before Thanksgiving will be the announcement of an advisory council, the, uh, supporting organizations that are part of our effort, strategic plan, uh, the directory. Those are some of the things that are front and center for us uh, that we're going to move forward with. The one thing that people, you know, understand is now we've moved from a movement to kind of a effort to more of a focused, supported, strategic organization that can really focus on what we need to focus on every day, every week, every month. And uh, I think people are encouraged by that. I think that, you know, we have some ambitious goals, but this is an ambitious effort. 
changing the landscape of university programs and senior living leadership is something that is long overdue. It's something that needs to be done, but it is a big swing, but it's a swing that I think we're ready for. Mm -hmm. And I think the field is ready for. So I'm excited and encouraged about all the different expressions of support. And like I said, we have a lot of smart, talented people interested in what we're doing. I'm optimistic that we'll continue to move in a very positive direction. And we will soon be announcing our next symposium date in June. Uh, we're working on the final details for that. I will also tell you that, you know, the website obviously been refined transition from the last symposium. We're also going to start a more formal communication because people really want to be engaged. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're putting some efforts in our infrastructure around making sure there's regular communication coming out. And part of that communication is doing stuff like this. And I really appreciate you doing this, Lois. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I do appreciate it very, very much. I know there's mm -hmm. a lot of things on the landscape of news and interesting press. <laughs> so I appreciate you finding time to do this with us today. Absolutely. So in addition to you reaching out to people, is there a way that interested people can connect with you if, if they'd like to express their interest to you? Sure, there's, uh, well, one, we have a lot of connections already built up. Through the website, there's a contact information portal so that people can do that personally. Uh, I'm gonna be fairly visible during the next few months with a fall conference session coming up. I'll be at NIC and the American Senior Housing Association, Argentum and AHCA and Leading Age and some of those organizations that have stuff coming up, all those endorsing organizations are providing kind of platforms to kind of help the reach. You know, like I mentioned, we're kind of reaching out now with, you know, a new advisory council that we'll be sharing. I really hope to be as transparent as possible with everything we're doing. And so I don't think that there'll be not enough tentacles out there for people that want to get involved to get involved. And people can email me directly at dolson at visioncenter.org as well. So I feel like there's a lot of room under the tent for people that want to be involved, including universities, including providers, including associations, including other interested stakeholders. I mean, I think uh, emerging leaders that are coming into the field are an, an important asset that we need to listen and hear from. And I'm encouraged by the ones that I've already engaged with that are already, how can we help? Because once they get into the senior living field, they get inspired and engaged quickly. So we want to leverage that. Well, before we say goodbye, are there any other um, points you'd like to share that are, you think our listeners should know? There are some things that I always think about with all the different stakeholders that are involved with this effort. People talk about value propositions. Why should I get involved? The value propositions for the Vision Center are pretty crystal clear. For universities, it allows them to create a new important program that will help them attract students moving forward. When it comes to providers, one of the things that uh, they need is new leadership talent. They know they need new leadership talent. And I think that this will help them secure that bench strength and additional support that they need in leadership roles across the country. Associations 
you know, from my perspective, are looking at this that they'll have new progressive members that will help build and support efforts that they're doing. One of the things actually that I also believe, and many people that are involved believe, that this will help the entire public image of our field in general. And I think that that's a byproduct that I hadn't been so much aware of as I have in the last six months. Just the importance of kind of how the connections and partnerships with universities and providers across the country lift up the entire spectrum of senior living and the importance of it to our country. And of course, I'll close with the most important benefactor of this effort, and that's the deserving seniors that are getting care and services at organizations across the country. They deserve to have people leading those organizations that are the very best. And at the core, that's what uh, this effort is all about, is making sure that organizations that provide services across a broad spectrum, all the way from senior living to skilled care to assisted living to home and community-based services, that those organizations are led by people that are very talented and care about what they do so that the services that are being provided to our deserving seniors of this country are the best they can be. Well, thanks again for joining me today and for sharing all of this information, Doug. Congratulations on your appointment and best wishes with the Vision Center. And before we go, I would just, I'll spell out the Vision Center website so people um, can access it. It's V-I-S-I-O-N-C-E-N-T-R-E.org. For McKnight Senior Living, this is Lois Bowers. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Senior Living Newsmakers podcast. For the latest in senior living news, visit McKnightSeniorLiving.com.